There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A grain of rice. A grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. How y'all doing, folks? Uh, you're welcome to Irish Examiner. Um, not quite cocooning. Um, that's opened up a little bit. Um, but our regular hurling uh, podcast... Uh, with a little bit of a twist today, first time we haven't had an out and out hurling man, even though everything we've read and anytime we've spoken to him, uh, he uh-huh. has always uh, stressed his love of hurling and uh, delighted to be joined by Larry as always, TJ, uh, Mark, we have room for him this week, we'll have him next week, but delighted to be joined by y'all's finest, uh, Davy Russell, Davy, great to have you. Yeah, thanks Anthony, yeah, great, great to be in, in, in such esteemed company. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if sometimes being in, in, in TJ's esteemed company meant a few belts and the, the shin bone and the kneecap and stuff like that, Dave. But uh, yeah, safe enough on the, on the Zoom or the, you know, stuff like that with him. How, how are you getting on, Dave? Just as we were after we asking any of our guests, I mean, I suppose it's, it's the strangest times. But uh, are you keeping the old weight and checking things? Uh, I, I, I'm not bothered about it, to be honest. For once, I'm actually getting out of the bed. No pain. Uh, I don't have to worry about my weight. Uh, I'm just soldiering away there. I'm very busy. We're we're busy enough now, to be fair. Like uh, I've I've five children, and uh, we're in the middle of the breeding season. So um, I, to be honest, now I haven't stopped going. No, I'm I'm flat out. The only thing I'm missing now is the race, literally going racing and riding. You know, but uh, workwise, like geez, we're we're busy now. We're we're we've we a lot of mares here and. It's a tough year, the old uh, weather. I know people are saying the weather is lovely, but we have a fierce easterly wind down here. And um, uh, it's, it's, it's having, having a small bit of effect on the mayors trying to get them in fold, you know what I mean? Okay, okay. And that's a big part of your operation uh, now, Dave, is, is, is the breeding. And looking forward, I suppose, that's, that's, that's something I've heard you speak about uh, in a radio interview, I think maybe last year or something. But that's maybe where you see yourself operate. I know the farm is the farm, like, but... The yeah. breeding end of it will be. Yeah, the farm is there, and really any cattle on it is 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 to support the horses because the old grass would it just get grass sick from from the if the horses are eating it the whole time it, it gets um it gets horse sick. So I buy a few cattle there later on the year, and uh, there's nothing over the cattle really. As every any farmer will tell you that, but I mean for me it's it it basically saves me um saves me um uh, topping it and stuff. So uh, I just love being out and working, and then. You know, I've got into a couple of nice kind of well-bred mares uh, that can produce a nice foal. So we'll say going to the sales and buying a foal with that pedigree, it, I, I can't really afford. So I went to a... The, the, the mares have a bit of age on them, but um, they've all good pedigrees and they might have slight issues. Sometimes they can we can struggle to get them in foal and things, but I have a very, very good vet 
and uh, so we're not doing too bad, like you know. So it was just a cheaper way. Look, it might work out more expensive in in time, but I, I to get a nice quality animal that I can go back as a three year old that will say nobody that it, it uh, and it fit everybody. Like you know what I mean? Good pedigree, good confirmation. Try to do the thing right, you know. Whereas you know, going to the sales to buy a foal with the same pedigree, I couldn't afford them and. You know that's where you want to be at the top end. If you can, if you can at all get into the top, the the, the upper side of it, that's where I'd like to be. Quality stock, you know. Just Dave, on that, like it always fascinates me with the jockeys, like because I I've met you, um, famously reminded me from uh, that that um, what's his name, Matt Matt uh, Chapman fellow, is it? <laughs> he reminded me there last year in the piercing when he was trying to make a show of me up in the stage. Fairness yourself and Ken Whelan, you had my back. Well, I just, like, how tall you were, and I made a few of the National Hunt jockeys, and just the weight thing, like, would your weight, like, go up in this period now, but because you're busy, would it stay fairly solid, like? I, I tell you, you know, you don't realise these things when you're younger, but age is a great thing, right? So, um, Daisy Hughes used to always tell me, he said, don't panic, he said, you'll get to a certain age and your weight will level out, you know? And, um... That's you know, not really you- working for me, David. Yeah, not me, well, you're, not me either. You're, you're, you're going to be on this, lads. And Davey, inter-county teams, right, the nutrition and the strength and conditioning and the physio and recovery is gone huge, especially with the hurling side of it, right? Like, would you, like, use a nutritionist or would you that side of it or even, like, from a physio rest recovery, have you a plan or is you, are you just kind of used to that over time? Look, I tell you, I was probably the wrong era for that. So I got to way too many bad habits to start with. And to get out of them immediately was going to be very difficult, right? So what I did do was, I was friendly with Sean O'Brien, the rugby player. He was living with a fellow called Dan Davies. I didn't know. Nutrition's meant nothing to me. You know, it was too late for me to, to, to get a nutrition. So, or, or I felt it was, you know. And I had about a 20 or a half an hour in the conversation with him. He said, he gave me the, 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 the strong points, right? He said, um, eggs are a huge plus, right? So, and eat anything from the ground with loads of color, you know? So I went to that. So what I started doing was I started getting up in the morning and having an egg every morning. Simple thing. Before I used to get up, right? Have nothing. Go through the whole morning on absolutely nothing and then have something at lunchtime or after racing. Right, I was a crank. I couldn't. I just couldn't. I, I didn't have the energy. I was doing nothing right. And then what I was doing, as as Anthony says, my weight was fluctuating. I was getting it down. It was flying back up. There was no happy medium. Then uh, Michael O'Leary had a chat with me and told me that my weight was a huge issue. That he wanted me to stop doing too light. So then I rose my minimum weight. I started eating a little bit more, but eating the right things, and. Uh, all them things combined made, I, you just couldn't realise the difference it made to me as in being happy. So I went from being absolutely sour, dour. If you told me that your jumper was blue, I'd have to tell you it is white. And I just for the sake of an argument, right, my mind was gone, was gone warped from it. Like So a load of different things. I rose my weight. I started eating a little bit more, but eating the right things, and then um, my weight just leveled off. When was this, Dave? What what kind of year are you talking? You're talking about when you started up with O'Leary, two or seven ish, like. 
No, after it was about kind of 10, 11. 10, yeah. 11, yeah, around then. It was a little bit too late. If I had my time back, if I knew at 18 or 16 or 17 that I was going to be a professional jockey or be any way good at it, I would have, on the very first day I took out my license, I would have went on a diet, right? And then I would have picked up no bad habits. But I don't, I didn't, I don't it arseways. Like I, I put on a plastic bag and ran around the fields, drove the car to the race with a plastic bag on and the heat was full whack. I often got stopped with, and then what you do then halfway is stop and, and, and buy an ice cream. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. because the heat and trying to get some bit of uh, saliva going in your mouth, you'd buy a, a Mr. Freeze or something like that. And uh, you're fooling yourself. Like, get to the races then, get into the sauna, lose another couple of pounds. And then what you do when you're finished racing, stop at Supermax and Galway on the way back home from, 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 from Ballinrobe. Like, do you know what I mean? Pure madness altogether. Like. That sounds like what we did in the 90s, kind of deal. Oh, a lot of that in terms of... In terms of the training yeah. as well. Huh? Yeah, murder, yeah. murdering ourselves in eating shite. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. Like, and I suppose, but like, then again, if I was 18 and I told lads I was going on a diet, they'd look at me and say, who do you think you are? Like, what, 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 <laughs> what, what business have you got going on a diet? You're not, you can't even ride a, uh, ride a winner. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, I know. you know, where, and, where, where, where do you do it? Like, if, if I had, if I, like, my wife is a big part of it too, you know, and the kids, you see, and, and structure. And to be honest now, like, I'll tell you now, like, my biggest thing was after racing was, not about going home, just about going to someone else's home. Do you know what I mean? Or, or finding yeah. someone putting on the way home. And I was acting, <laughs> loads of acting the maggots, like, do you know. But, do you know, we had that freedom, like, and we were able to do it. And But I met my wife then and and, and with kids and structure and, you know. In fairness, in, um, in the Intercounty Hurling today, right, strength and conditioning and nutrition programs are put in place now for 16, 17, 18 year olds. And I know some people might think it's mad, like, but like, I think in order to play the game at a top level, you have to maybe look at 16, 17 year old young fellas and prepare them in the way. So I was even going to say from your own point of view, strength and conditioning probably wasn't part of that either. Like obviously you have fierce power to be able to hold, do you know what I mean, a big animal, like so in your arms. Like you, you hardly do strength and conditioning training, I would say, yeah. No, I tell you, you see, that's the beauty of us, right? We can be, you can be wakes us up, but we'll say, I, I don't know what it is. I suppose the same as, as like, I couldn't mark either of you now, right? I'm as fit as a flea, right? I, 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 I could run you into the ground, but I still couldn't hurl you, like, do you know what I mean? So we'll say a jockey is used to and he has certain knacks that he doesn't really need strength. Like strength won't hold a horse. It'll get you, you know, it'll help you. But we'll say there's certain horses, if you leave a horse run for a hundred yards and don't panic and put your hands down in his wither and you know he's comfortable with you, he'll settle. So you don't whereas another fellow might try and yank out of him and hold him and pull out of him, you know, he'll fight the horse will fight you. So maybe a little bit of a little bit of, you know, professionalism that way. Whereas you couldn't, I couldn't, no matter, like, I, um, what's his name? Um, um, the RT trains, McCreary, William McCreary. We were playing a charity football match. Now, William McCreary is a, a long way, a long way from fit. And 
I say he didn't move five steps, but did Tramp got two goals on me? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> he just knew, like he just had the knowledge, like. I know, I'm sure he was a great midfielder in fairness in his day, wasn't he? Yeah. But just back on that there, Davy. Like, and what about this? Is this just a phrase that's used a strength and a finish? Do you know? We we yeah, often but, hear that now as the layman racing supporter. Yeah, um, I, I suppose you, you you will say compared to a 16, 17, 18, 19-year-old chap that might be as fit, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Rather than actual physical strength, whereas, whereas like, Mackay got better and stronger and, and harder as he went on. Like, you know... He 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 matured in, and his body matured into that, and he got so hard and fit. Like maybe, we'll say the young lad coming onto the senior team, he has the touch and he has the class and he has the speed, but he just mightn't have that real. Oh, I was watching Michael Jordan there. Uh, that 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 thing on Netflix, where they were getting beaten in by by the 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 Pistons, is it? And then they they um. They they just matured and got stronger and and they became that little bit stronger and were able to take on the the, the likes of the Pistons in them. Whereas an extra year means an awful lot to a jockey, the same as it does a hurler. And like I saw Keen Lynch, like geez, the, the amount Keen Lynch improved from, we'll say his first from his minor year, his first senior year to his second senior. Mother of God, like he always had the touch, he always had the style. But yeah. now he has the strength, like do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I know I, I know he worked on it, but he he also worked on it as a minor. But he was the extra couple of years just and that hardened hardened graft. Whereas for us, it's more the ex, your body your body just matures and you get better at riding a finish and you're doing it more often. And when all them things combined, you just get stronger in the finish and you. You, you know when to go and when not to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And David, like psychology then, right, would be another one that's kind of well beat around now and inter-county teams at the moment in football and hurling and trying to get the most out of a team and maybe trying to, I suppose, get the drive and maybe the discipline and the training and guys and tie all that together. Like from, I suppose, again, your point of view in a professional sport, is there psychologists working within it? I can't imagine David Russell needing a psychologist because I'd say there's probably one in there somewhere. Yeah, but right, I'll tell you, Tid, right? So, again, back in the day, go away and don't be annoying me with psychology and all that. No, and, and, and I, this is actually the first time it actually has come up. Michael O'Leary actually spoke to me a couple of years ago for me to get a sports psychologist, right? And I, 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 I didn't. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't for me. But... Um, they are available now, and uh, that's grand. If you start in that kind of a way, you can continue on in that way, and that's fine. Do you know what I mean? But I, I didn't, and I found it very difficult to get into it. But what I do have is, we'll say there are certain people. So basically what we're doing is we're riding a horse around the field over jumps, okay? And it's as simple as that. And if you make it more complicated than that, then that's your own doing. So what I try to do is break it all back down to the simplicity thing. When, I, when things get on top of me a little bit in the, at different times of the season, so I'm going through a slump, I haven't ridden a winner in, in two weeks. I could have had 
25 rides, 15, 25 rides, and all for good trainers. Now, I'm talking about Gordon Elliott and the best of trainers, so, you know, and I might say, I might ring, ring. Uh, there's a good pal of mine, uh, Peter Vaughan, or, and there's another lad, Timmy Beecher, would say, if I got a couple of falls in a row, and they just break it back down to simplicity, you know, you're just literally riding a horse, try not to, uh, it may be the same as, Golfers changing their their grip or their swing, like when you're not when things aren't happening for you, you start to change things. And in racing, that is not a good thing. Or riding, if you've ridden winners a certain way all the way through, there's no need to change. You just need you. You might be subconsciously changing it, but for me, if it gets on top of me, I just break it down. I could ring a fella and say, "Here, look, this is what what am I doing wrong?" And he'd say. You know, the last five horses you've ridden, he said, none of them are capable of winning a race. So it's not, he'd take the blame off of me. And then I would just suddenly turn around and ride a winner. And I could ride my next 10 rides, I could ride six winners. Do you know what I mean? Well, obviously, obviously, there, Dave, like, you know, and I've often, and we did a podcast with Ruby pre Cheltenham, actually. Um, um, just like sometimes myself and TJ would know, you know, the crushing defeats, TJ, you know. We're doing yeah. a programme on the day he beat us in 96 there now on Saturday for Radio Limerick. And, and uh, like, Jesus, like, I know it's one day off for us. Like, we don't have another ride coming. But, like, you know, Jesus, trying to face back to the club on the Thursday night, like, and you're so depressed and the season is over and crushing ones. And obviously, TJ had the two All-Irelands. And, like, you know, what I, I, I wonder what, like, we say, like, the couple of Ruby things there that came out, you know, like the Annie Power thing, the Benny thing. You know, just that resilience to be, I have another ride, I have to be out here again 20 minutes, and I, would, that, would the mind not be suffering big time there? It's quite hectic in the day, right? So the problem with a jockey, and I think there's a lot of problem, problem, is the downtime. We have a lot of downtime. So we enter the race course, and you can imagine going 100 miles an hour from the very first, from when you get in there, get going, start racing. If you have six rides till, the, till it stops, right? Then you get into the car and you start thinking to yourself. And then you get home and you start thinking more to yourself. So that's the time you have to manage. It's not really on the day. It's the aftermath that you have to, that, that we have to manage as such. So I have good fellas around me, like, like Kevin O'Ryan, my agent and things like that. And it's just, simplicity trying to keep it as simple as possible without complicating it and trying to change things too much there's very little you can change like but we'll say to get over like last year right my probably the biggest thing i had to get over was i had this record of going to chelton and not and coming back with a winner every single year right last year i that 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 stopped right so I didn't think much about the rides or what I'd done wrong. Delta Work was the main one, you know what I mean? But um, he won it back in Punchestown. So, and I had to go there this year. And my first ride there this year, I got beaten a short head. And so it's up to me then to decide, is this the way it's going to continue? Or or am I going to just put... put I was lucky enough, I was able to put them things behind me because... I went out then the next day and rode um, in Vialen, the first ride of the the first race of the day, like as good a racehorse as you'd see on the track, and and he won, and then your back's humming again, like you know what I mean. You're 
Yeah, last week on the podcast, we spoke a lot about like things like stats and tactics and kind of uh, analysis, right? So just when you're on, on about there, right? Like, would you look at stats? Would, you, would, would, that, would that kind of be a factor? Like, would you kind of maybe tactically sit down and say, right, this guy's going bad, I'm going to do this? Like, there's a huge amount of technology and science after coming into the GEA, like a professional sport. And I suppose we were just kind of comparing it to different sports people and myself and Dale are talking about it. So just in relation to stats, would they ever either get to you or do they, but like, let's say if you heard a five-year-old has never won the champion hurdle or whatever, I think they have since, whatever. Does, does that type of stuff ever kind of be in your mind? Not, not so much uh, because in our game, the rules change so fast. Um, what I do do and where I am most disappointed is that every horse in every single race has to be looked at in some way, shape or form. So where I would be so disgusted and lucky enough, I learned it early on um, it, when I was riding point to points. I, there was one particular race stands out in mind for me and I was so disappointed that I discounted a horse that was in the race as not a threat, so I didn't bother looking at him, as in what he would be doing in the race or what position he'd be or where, where he'd be in the race. So I discounted him, and he nearly beat me. So I vouch myself there and then that that will never happen again. Okay. So I like to know what every horse is by, their breeding, their, where they've ran, their, their, their distance and training and ground. And I'm talking about running straight over them, like roughly running so that I can look at a race card. The last thing I do when I leave the wear is I give one flick down through the race card to remind myself of what's in the race. So that when I get to the start, I don't get a shock lining up the tape. And I see this horse on my right-hand side and I don't have to think, what is that? Do you know what I mean? So I, 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 I already know what it is and it's not a worry or I need to get away from it or I need to be closer to it or I can drop in or this lads. Whereas a horse has made the running on a certain amount of occasions and not made the running on other occasions. So I see him lining up to go. I know that he's making the running. Do you know what I mean? And, and we're going to have a good pace in the race or something to that effect. So that what would, what, when I'm not doing my job is that if I get down to the start and I see a horse and I have to say, what is that? I don't know what that is. What is that going to do? People give out to me at times about going to these Cheltenham previews. I, use, I do a lot of them. But at the same time, by the time I get to Cheltenham, I can tell you every single horse in every single race the majority of them, what they're by, what they're related to, everything about them. Now, I don't concentrate too much exactly on them. I have a, my, I think my brain allows me that because it's not very big, but I can, I can tell you, like, cantering down to the start, what every horse is in every race. Now, I forget it after the race, but when I'm there, I give a flick down through the car before I go out. What would really, really disappoint me is if I get down to the start and there's a horse there and I don't know what he is, then I'm not doing my job. Do you know what I mean? I suppose it'd be the same, TJ, if we were playing the backs in, in the Munster Championship and OK, we're lined up. In our day, mostly, we knew who we were marking. Even if we were marking each other, we'd have a fair idea from the Tuesday. But if we hadn't looked at the subs, yeah. you know, when you were in the backs and I was in the backs, I'd say, and we hadn't looked at the subs for the forwards, and you had done a good, good job on your man and he was taken off and this sub arrived and you know nothing about him. Like, it's the equivalent nearly, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's yeah. That's, what lot, that's what a lot of the backroom teams are doing at the moment, Dave. Is they, they have an analysis on every single player, turns of his left or his right, and what his habits are. And the other thing I was going to say, then, to add to that, would be tactics are a huge part of every single dressing room, right? Like we we have a plan. We go out there as a team. We're trying to do this early, trying to make a plan for this, make a plan for that, and then all of a sudden, we can see two goals in the first ten minutes, and to, to mean everything is out the window. Right? I'm saying. Like, would you have a tactic in your head? Uh, right. You see, tactics is one thing. It's the same as a boxer going out with a plan. He gets a box and he knows what's he going to do with it, you know? Yeah. So, um, will we take... What will we take? We'll, we'll, we'll take Envoy Allen, right? Because he was a certainty, right? So, the beauty about Envoy Allen is I could do whatever I wanted on him, right? Because we had covered all them bases during the year, right? He made the running... He sat in behind the leaders and he dropped it. He dropped in, right? He he. So I'd I'd every I'd everything covered. What tactics I had that day was that um, I didn't get pinned in or 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 in the wrong position, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I had to. Uh, the, the beauty about him, the thing about him is you have to keep the lid on him until he gets to the start. When he gets to the start, then it's fine. He he just relaxes, but. So my job with the likes of Envoy Allen, you see, is when I get on. You see, if you if you get on him while he's walking, he could um, just. You see, there's little things like the girl that looks after him knows him really well, so she's she's she she knows all his tricks and trades. So we've there's certain things that we have to do when we're getting on him. Keep a lid on him the whole way. You imagine Cheltenham now, the crowd is coming in over the rail and everybody wants to see this lad. Everybody's after back and put him in the queue. So we're walking down the chute, everybody's shouting over the rail and at me. I'm looking out through his ears. I don't want to listen to anybody. And then, um, so then we had to, to canter to the start. Wasn't the normal thing. We had to go a really long way to the start this year because of the ground. They weren't crossing the track, so I had to go a different way. So I had to keep a lid on him the whole way down to the start. And once I got there, then I needed to slot into my position where I was happy, where he was comfortable. I knew where reasonably where the the pace was coming from because Gordon had another horse in the race was reasonably handy. Um, I'd ridden him before. I knew Willie's horse wasn't going to be too far away. There was one horse on the outside that wasn't really, was a big price. So I, I didn't want to get pinned behind him and the boys get a gap on me and things like that. So um, tactics wise, you have to be aware of all these things happen, but you have to make, you have to fix them before they happen, right? As a manager of a team, we go through the what ifs, like every manager would. Like I was even saying, like what if, you had been pinned in, like aside from aside from roaring the jockey outside you to get out of my no, way. How do you no, keep no, the head, huh? No, I have to. I have to. I have to see these things coming. That's my job. I have to be gone before that happens. I I can't. I I can't put myself in that position. It's different in a handicap when there's thirty runners. You ride your luck down the inside, and you get a run. You don't get a run. You know that's that's a different story. But in these Grade One races. You know, you have to be gone. And if you're not gone, you either don't have enough horse to do it or you're after getting caught out. Do you know what and I mean? That's probably like, back then, David, to knowing every horse in the race, knowing what every horse does, having all your preparation done, kind of preparing for every single scenario. And just a little bit like what, what, what a kind of an inter-county team would do in terms of preparation for 
literally what happens if the bus breaks down Dale I'm sure you've gone through all of that as well Coolmore do that Coolmore do that Coolmore send the second lorry in case the first lorry breaks down on the yeah. way to the race so right. they send an they send an empty one going to the derby do you know what I mean like yeah. they send an empty lorry up the road to make sure it's like so I tell you where and I'm going to do it with my kids because they're young enough right but my mother always said you have to be prepared so if if I'm when I was starting out I had everything ready everything ready the day before from a very young age I never had to go to be walking out the door and say jeez where are my football boots where's my hurley where's, where's my helmet where is my saddle where is my girts the night before I would go through everything in my head to go the next morning and it would be either in the car ready to go whereas I didn't have to do it on. that is the one thing that that is really really important so if you if someone if you can get someone to prepare for like that, them things from an early age then everything is a natural progression afterwards they will prepare who they're marking in their mind do you know what I mean like the it just moves on from a simple thing of having your gear ready the, day, the night before. Like, compared to, you know, the fella that gets the call, like, he's down drinking a pint and we need you to play cornerback. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> You'd probably be better off playing without him, do you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, and, but, and, but, but like that, Dave, like, I'd have been... I'd have been the same now, like when when it came to the hurling, like I I, I yeah. a late a late plasmer in some ways in terms of I didn't you know barely made the last year county minor kind of thing, but I I always figured there was enough fellas out there to bait you, uh, you know by being just faster than you, better hurler than you, and everything without having a shite hurley or shite yeah. boots and everything like that. And I I think that's a great lesson for every young fella, like and you know I'll never forget even TJ just to bring it back like my first year involved the Limerick Miners there. Like we left the charitable park to go down to Parky Ring after having a bit of grub, the good team talk, last bit of analysis and everything. And uh, we were around Buttevin when we realised Barry Murphy, who was one of our main men up front, uh, wasn't on the bus. He had gone to the toilet in the charitable park. So you can imagine uh, ringing Joe McKenna in the car, uh, Jerry McManus, uh, lads, where are you know, <laughs> They're bombing down the fast lanes to Cork and to go back for Murph. To, oh, so, and, and signs on, we got a good beat in the same night. And you know when we did beat Cork later on in the year in, in the semi-final, Murph was so important. So huge lesson there, even with underage players who can take for granted that as soon as I'm on the bus, everything is looked after. No, but like still, you know, you need, you need, you need people. Just, just David, to take you back, we go back. Back a bit to the racing because a couple of obviously the Tiger Roll stuff I'd love just to talk about. I suppose it captured everyone's imagination. But just the, the graph for the hurling, it, like y'all, we just thought we a J family, like oh yeah, dad was dad was uh, he actually might have been chairman of the club and 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 different things. Um, but we went to every match, like you know, and dad. Would you believe still goes to all the underage games and he'd come home there and he'd say, Jeez, there's a young lad there. We have a young lad at the moment, young Cockburn, uh, he plays in goal underage for Cork there. And uh, he, 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 like, dad had him spotted there when he was 10, like, do you know what I mean? He was, dad was brilliant that way. He always, he always went to all the matches and, oh, he was in awful. I'd come home and I'd say, Jeez, I'm a bit sore. And, and, and he'd say, You're not fit enough. You're not fit enough. You're not fit enough every day, so I just you know, 
But we just go to all the games. Dad and I was kind of like an extra limb to him. Like, you know, I'd, I'd follow him everywhere. I'd follow him off the side of a cliff. Like, do you know what I mean? And uh, um, um, you all were kind of going well and going okay. When I was real small, like, so I kind of bit the bug then. I think we won the county and oh, I don't know. I remember him flying Matthew McCarthy back from America to play to play a county final, you know, and then um, get me gear and going down to, I, I, I loved going training. So I, I always said that if, if I didn't get me place in the team, fair enough, but it wasn't because I didn't go training. Do you know what I mean? So I, 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 I never missed a training session. I, I wasn't a great holder. I was a mulliker. No, I was a cornerback that would, I, I turn a fellow upside down now going out for the ball and give away a free like rather because he'd, he'd bait me like I remember oh Jesus I remember one day out in Copper Alley it was near pitch below Copper Alley and there was this fellow Clane and me you know we were playing Middleton there were two twins I think he's a guard since they were identical twins and he was roasting me and and John Parker great man there a great local man a GM and uh, he was saying come on Davey he says come on and I was I was flat out now from around the pitch after this for that and uh, John uh, kind of said gave me a, a yelp at me and I caught the hurley and I let her fly you know uh, in, into John Parker's territory and I knew when I let her go I said oh jeez please don't hit him and uh, <laughs> and uh, by the time I let the hurley go I was heading for the for the dressing room because I know it was only going to be run, one result. But uh, I, I I was fierce, passionate. Like I, I I wanted to be a better hurler than I actually was. Like do you know what I mean? I just loved. I wanted to be good at it, and I knew I wasn't good enough. Like do you know what I mean? But I I I, I was a trier. Like I was a trier. No, that was about it. And did it just come to stage? Sorry, sorry, T. Did it just come to stage there for just uh, the the horsemanship and everything was just taken over? Like that you couldn't you couldn't hurl on, we'll say. Yeah, ponies and things. I was, I, I, I was, as I said, like I was. I'd rather go to a horse event than go to training. If you know what I mean, do you know? I saw, saw the the the, the hurling was coming second, and I knew then from a young age that I was there was much point to me hurling if I wasn't full time at it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, really, because I wasn't good enough just to waltz in and out of it. If you know what I mean. I, I couldn't keep my place in the team anyway, and I didn't want to be on the bench. There was one place I didn't want to be, and I, I, I needed to be there every single day for not to be on the bench, do you know? Yeah. Um, Dory, I would slightly disagree with you there, Davey, is you can hurl. Because, I, I, like, believe it or not, Dale, myself and Davey were two cornerbacks for um, the hurling for cancer team there, and um, I, I definitely think the man can hurl. I did see that I think Charlie Carter might have been going through with a ball there at one stage and David definitely tried to upend him. I don't know if there was history there or whatever, like, but I definitely I definitely did see that. But David, look at it, I suppose Hurling, like there is talk that Hurling could be professional into the future. I don't I don't we, nobody knows that. I suppose from where you are now looking at a hurling match or going to a hurling match, is there anything that you would see on the outside that maybe hurling teams could be doing slightly different? Is there any way that you could see that Hurling could be improved? Like, it, we, we love it and myself and Dale are deeply immersed in it and I suppose sometimes it's hard to see the wood from the trees when you're that deep in it so just from an outside view Davey 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 what he's basically asking there is when are Cork going to win in All-Ireland again like 
I tell you, we have a small chance, would you believe? We have a small chance. We have some lovely hurlers, and probably we always had lovely hurlers, and we're missing the back line. But we, uh, we actually, you know, with Splane and, 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 and a couple of them, they are actually back. You know, I'd say Splane was missed last year and things like that. Um, I, 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 I'd say, would you believe Cork for a small chance? I think Kingston is a good man. I think he's the right man. And, and, and Cork have a small, a small chance that they probably, you know, are clear. Clear robbed them of a, of 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 an All Ireland or whether Cork would have robbed Clear of, but it, that was a sore one. I'd say, do you know what I mean? Like, do you know, um, of all the fellas who wanted to get the the last ball to hit it was 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 um, you know, man, the the the, the wing back or the corner back that that scored the point. Uh, what's his name? Nearly of the 60 players, like, I nearly have said. Everybody in the stand was saying, Jesus, this grand right fella has it now because he's not going to put it over. Do you know what I mean? And just wasn't to be. But anyway, um, all I can say on the professionalism of hurling right is I wrote as an amateur and I wrote as a professional, right? The best days of my life was when I was an amateur, right? So uh, when I turned professional, you know, you remember this and you can tell every holder this, that they are in the scrutiny of everything, right? They have to, and I know they are at the moment, right? They may think they are at the moment, right? But if this goes professional, you have to deal with sponsors, uh, whoever's putting up the money, whoever, where the money is coming from and results and trust me, if you don't get results, and unless like they're, they, if they think they're under pressure now, if it goes professional, that pressure is going to tenfold. And I don't mean double; I mean tenfold. So they have to just remember how much they're getting out of it now, and whether that will increase if the word professional comes alongside it. I'm not so sure it will increase a whole load i i don't know right i don't know the ins and outs. you were in, you were in it you know but we'll say i think the worry with a lot of the players is that they have to do a day's work and then go training but with a professional jockey we have to do the same thing do you know what i mean like you have to get up in the morning you have to do a full day's work before you go to the races it's not a case of so it's, it's, it's a hard one to call now. It's a hard one to call. And there's no doubt about it. There is absolutely no doubt about it that um, the holders are the equivalent of... Profe- but you must look at Derek O'Connor and Jamie Codd. We'll just take Patrick Mullins. They're as professional a bunch of lads as you will ever see. But they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're yeah. amateurs. They, they, they earn money a certain way through, through the game, if you know what I mean. And... Holders are a little bit equipped. As amateurs now, they're, they're, they're the same. They, they are earning money, we'll say, through the, the game they're in. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, whether they've had, they'd be earning as much money or be as, have as not good a position. I'm sure they earn every position they're in. Do you know what I mean? But we'll say there, there is added things to being an amateur as well as there is a professional. And whether the money... To change the whole thing around and be a professional, is there is the money going to be out there to to like, you know, to give a fella a thousand euros a week? 
and give every hurler in the country, you know, to sponsor them. That I, 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 I don't know the, the figures of it or, or where where it would stop or where no, it, it, it doesn't where it, it would go. It doesn't look like it would be Lord there, knows, but no, I, 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 I can't see it personally, right? So then, where where they're at at the moment for 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 what they're getting is, and and, and don't get me wrong, like I, I'm I, I'm 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 I'd be. I'd be, you know, I'd be with the player. I'd be, I'd be a jockey's man rather than a, anything else. Do you know what I mean? I'd be a player's man. Like, do you know what I mean? I, and, and, and they deserve everything they, they get. But to change it to professionalism could, could decrease the interest in, in, in the sport nearly as much as, as what we have, you know? And, uh, Davey, just, were you a pro before you went to Ferdy Murphy? No, I was amateur. And, 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 and that's and when you started? Yes. So and I was happy to stay an amateur, um, Anthony. So I I no, I no no plans to go professional whatsoever. I was champion point to point rider, riding loads of winners in the track, and you know tipping away there the finest. Do you know what I mean? But I I I kind of thought my weight would 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 go against me, and then I got stuck into that and fairly offered me the job of riding a hundred and plus horses and he had a gold cup horse at the time so you know that's that's why I turned professional yeah. do you know what I mean and and I asked people I asked people people's advice before I turned and maybe 75% said turn and 25% said don't turn and um, so so that's that, that was it you know but again once I was offered a reasonable job like that I was always going to turn well, was that was that was that double difficult there? Like you, the the quandary whether to go pro or stay the way you were and very successful the way you were, but then go pro yeah, and well, go all the way well, over to England. Like, yeah, I was I was a big fish in a small pond where I was, right? I'll be honest with you, I'm not being blown everything apart, but it was obvious I could ride any horse I wanted of a, of a Sunday or a Saturday in the point of hind. I you know I'd fellas bursting down the door to get at me, you know. And then I was going to go off to England and I was just going to be another number. So I had to work back up into, into where I was. Like, do you know what I mean? So it, it definitely was a hard choice. But you see, we were only racing of a Saturday and a Sunday in point of points. And the odd Thursday, you get a ride in a bumper. And I wanted to ride every day. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to be racing every day. And that's what made me turn professional. I wanted to be racing over jumps every day. Um, I was... I was I was happy enough with what I was doing. I didn't need to turn professional. Like, do you know what I mean? I was I was I was riding loads of winners now. And but I I, I and were you homesick? I, were you homesick there from all you were used to? Um, I, as I I said before, it, it probably was homesick. But what I, what the problem I had was that I get into a car, I drive three hours, get to the races, drive drive three hours home. I did not know one single person, place, road, shop, or anything in between. Do you know, it meant nothing to me, like, do you know what I mean? It wasn't, whereas here now, like, you could go, like, do you know, we used to go to the point of points up the north, so I'd meet Gordon Elliott and Slane, and you might pick up someone else somewhere else, like, do you know what I mean? But I knew exactly where I was going, I knew how to get there, and anywhere in between, like, you could stop off, but... I knew when I left the race course, the only stop I could make was where I was living. 
Do you know what I mean? There was nowhere to stop in between. Like I just, it was either, you know, a petrol station. That was it. I didn't know a restaurant. I didn't know a town, a village, nothing. Like, do you know? Yeah, that, that, that's the hard piece about the UK. I remember, that kind of reminds me of a story with David Clark and myself were in London there with my team a couple of years ago. And Are you I, sure this is okay? Like to go out, out over the air now? This is okay. No, this is okay. This is, okay. This, this is good, but... But everybody knows him in Broford, everybody checks in with him every day and he was telling me he was in London, right? And he said, TJ, we're here in London. He said, there's 10 million people here, right? And none of them know me, he said. <laughs> there's um, only one clocky. There's only one clocky. David, just, just very briefly to tie it back to hurling again, right? Like the GPS um, vest that you see on players and hat monitors on, on players are very popular and common in the game today, right? The trainers that you've dealt with, have you ever seen any of them having a hat monitor on a horse or basically a GPS or is that, are we not there? I have heard in the past that horses have had heart monitors on. I personally haven't come across them. Uh, but I have heard that, um, I have heard that uh, heart monitors were used and their fitness and things could be measured to pinpoint accuracy. But not not in the National Hunt game it was more so in the flat game because obviously trainers have different styles and the same with training hurling teams and football teams like it's it's the same game but different people have different ways and that's where the science is coming in at the moment because there's a huge number of, huge amount of the trainers now are using the stats and the facts behind the GPS best and the heart monitors yeah the only thing I'd say is I suppose you see, the problem with us is that um, you can't talk to a horse. Like, do you know what I mean? You can't, do you know, you're so you're literally kind of, you're doing a lot of it with your eye. Do you know, all, and as a rider, I have to, we have to do it a, a, through a feel. Whereas maybe you can talk, you know, you, you, you can talk to a lad and he has this, that or the other and, or, you know, but you're, you're doing a lot of it with your eye as well. Like, do you know what I mean? So what you see what you see and what a fella tells you might be two different things, like do you know what I mean? So, but a trainer is going on his eye the whole time, and you know, I suppose they document what they're doing and experience them through all them 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 things. You know, they have they have experience of it, and I suppose they 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 learn from from that side of it. And as a rider as well, the same, like you know, experience counts for an awful lot. You know, yes, guess the amount of similarities like between. You know, we we're talking about teams and and but men and beasts. There's an awful lot of similarities as well. Like as as you outlined, going down with NVL and how you had to adjust. You know, even a simple thing like the the track being you weren't allowed to cross where you'd normally cross. So you yeah. had to, you had to cope with that on the day. I think that's that's what we'd be talking about a lot. Like when we we're like, hopefully we'll get championship. We're getting a few statements as we we're talking about the GA saying staying closed until the twentieth of July, but still hoping to have a championship. But and that's going to be another factor. How will lads react to playing an Ireland semi-final maybe in October and, and be able to do that? One of the best things I've heard was the year uh, Wexford won the, the All-Ireland and they done the traffic, light, the, the traffic light system. I use that, but only in my mind now. And it's not as, you know, I, I have to, like, there, there, there's red, amber and green with us as well. You know what I mean? So you have to be so polite and you have to be a normal person in the in, in the parade ring before so you have to conversate with people right then you have to get on the animal and keep that lead on that and then you have to get out there and let's say the first half of the race is everyone is going to find their positions and there's no real 
aggression as such, but for the from you know when the race heats up, like you know it's you're nobody gets anything like you know you don't ask for an inch and you don't give an inch. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's it's definitely kind of a, I thought that was extremely interesting that they used the traffic light system that they were in the beforehand walking the parade and next thing some people were shy shout amber now lads and next thing the ball is thrown just before the ball is thrown in someone shouts green do you know what I mean like that's some signal to give a bunch of lads to, to, to flick a switch in their heads like do you know yeah we, we, we talked about it it was kind of a different system we were talking about last week with the green amber and gold about if a fellow was going bad for a few balls they'd be pressing the green button or the, the red button and you know he'd be yeah. gone so far red you'd be inclined to take him off but then we as we said Stats have to be interpreted as well. Then a fellow could catch one ball and stick in the roof of the net, you know? One, one guy that really... I, I spoke about it to... Uh, uh, Conor Lee Han. Conor Lee Han, I'd say for the first half of, of that All-Ireland... Um, or it was an All-Ireland semi-final, maybe. I, I can't rightly remember. And I was saying... He didn't touch a ball, no. He didn't get... No, he was being well marked. I'm not saying he didn't touch a ball. I mean, he was, you know, he was out of the game. He wasn't in the game. And it looked like from the stands that... Why is he still on the pitch? So he come out at a halftime and there's Conor Han. He comes back out again. Man, what a second half he had. He was on fire. I'd not score one three or two three or something to that effect. Like, unbelievable. But that's the difference with Jimmy Barry and his team... And his 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 team around him on the sidelines. They knew like they knew that this man is going to escape escape the shackles of 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 the 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 centre back or the full back or whoever's marking him. He's going to get away from him. And all he needs is all he needs is is thirty seconds, and and he he he'll finish a game. Like do you know what I mean? But when you're up in the stands looking at it and you're saying like, do you know, it's it's the same when you're riding a horse and 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 and. People are shouting at the screen. Will you go on, hit him, or move, or do something? But like the fellow on his back is could be having a cup of tea, like, and there's no panic. Like this, this, it could all be in. It could all be within the 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 the, the regimes of the plan. Like you know, yeah, I watched. I watched this morning. I watched your Lord Mind- Windermere ride in the Gold Cup, like, and I actually had a few quid that day. I, I had much now, but I had a few quid at fancy prices. And like you'd say, like two miles out. Well, this will have been tailed off shortly or whatever. But you, you just gave off a sense of calm that I'll tip away, I'll hunt away here. And then jumping the last, I nearly no doubt that there was only going to be one winner. Yeah. And, and, and we'd say before the race, like going to Cheltenham, we fancied him to run a big race. You know, he'd won the RSA the year before. People had discounted him. And, um, you know, we, we did think he was going to run a big race. And then they'd gone so hard, like, and, but the feel he was giving me, I didn't have to panic. Like I didn't have to do anything. I was happy enough that we'd enough in the tank. Okay, we weren't as close as we would like to have been, or that wasn't the position I had planned on being in. Like, do you know what I mean? But I still had a feeling like that this could happen yet. Like, do you know what I mean? And and I never thought I was going to win the race, nor did I ever set out to ride him that way or that's what I had planned there was no plan that wasn't in any plan but all I was going on on the day was the feel he was giving me he was jumping I still every time I kind of dipped him for a bit he had a bit like and just on that like did Jim did Jim Cullity let you call that like before you left the parade ring like I know some trainers give 
they mightn't give experienced jockeys like yourself now, they mightn't give too many instructions. But would Jim have said, sure, you know him, Debbie, do you know, let's, let's yeah, see pretty, how it goes. I, I, I can't remember him giving me instructions. We were always going to take our time, but he, he, he was, he wasn't happy with the position I was in. I wasn't happy with the position I was in halfway through the race, but I couldn't do anything about it. And I still was, I still was of the opinion that I was doing the right thing. Would say at worst case scenario, I was going to be placed. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah. that's 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 and that's the reason I done it. Like, but then again, you know, it, it worked out to my favour. Then that that I done everything right. You know, Glor- glorious to, to ride a gold cup winner. Yeah, fair, fair yeah. enough. Um, and obviously, being an Ireland, an All Ireland champion three times must be just a great feeling. Like to to to, to be just a, the champion of Ireland. That must be just. Just surreal. I was there, like obviously in Puncher Sound, um, on the last time I think you were crowned champion. Like so, like, it just must be unusually proud, like to be champion of Ireland. Yeah, I tell you, I I, I got beaten. I don't know, was it five or six times in a row? I finished second uh, behind Ruby, and that was grand. So then Ruby got injured, and next thing Paul Townend beat me. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that was a, you know, that was hard to, to take. So. When you get to a certain stage of the season, everything is concentrated on the title because you have so many winners rode and you're either in front or nearly nearly in front. But I was always in front all year long and Ruby would come and do me like the, the last quarter of the of the season or the last fifth of the season. And, you know, it was kind of hard head now to punch stone another year. Like, you know, what are fellas thinking of me now? Like, do you know what I mean? Like... You know, and that's all in your own world. Nobody even cared. There was nobody thinking any less of me, like, whatsoever. You know what I mean? Oh, and Still fair going, it was all, yeah, But it was all built up in my own head. And then to come and win it, it was just... It was just unbelievable. Like, it was unbelievable. But you can't... You know, that's it. Like, that's it's just the one... The next day, you turn around and they're all chomping to get at you again like do you know what I mean so like you you can't really enjoy it for too long but it's 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 very pleasing now it's 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 great great to be able to do it and have the people that support you along the way to do it with like you know so and I think that they meant a lot to people that were with me the whole way as much to them as it did to me like do you know what I mean like all the fellas that I rode winners for all along the way like you know, and it would have meant as much to them as it did to me. You know, and it that came across as well. Dave, you know that 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 you look back and you you kind of you know you you didn't forget your roots on that day. I think that was crucial. I'd have to bring you to a famous New Year's Eve cup of tea, and uh, this is where my admiration would even grow more for you because I had a bit of a similar moment. Now, albeit way smaller now, but. I was eight years the Clare captain in a row, uh, 2002, uh, no, 92. Jesus, TJ, we're missing, I was missing a decade. Uh, 92, right through to 99. Then early in the 2000 session, the hurling had started. There was no mention of captain. I just presumed I was captain again. Like, And Lachlan just called me to the side of the pitch one at Cusick Park, starting really into the heavy hurling training for 2000. And like, we felt we had a chance again in 2000. Everybody had given it a big winter effort and... Uh, he called me over and he says, Dalo, I'm, uh, I'm changing the captain there. I'm making Brian Lohan captain. So back to your training there. And like, I, I said to teach you there the other day, like I, I was in a daze like for a few days and 
like I responded well no I hurled okay tip beat us at that time there was no back door and we, we were gone and that was really the, my last day really because I was only a sub the following year there was new management but what I really admired about you was after the the breakup with Jigginstown, which obviously was never a, a long <laughs> permanent breakup with all the success since was like when you when you won that gold cup then on Windermere like you didn't kind of come out saying well people had written me off and you, you were magnanimous about the whole thing I love that about the way you handled it do you know, do you know where, and, and, and you can laugh, but where I picked a lot of that up from, would you believe, was listening to Jimmy Barry Murphy. I, I can't understand why managers, every time Jimmy Barry Murphy is, is, is in, interviewed after a, a match, and, and I, I don't mean just Jimmy Barry Murphy, I mean there is loads of managers out there that do it like, do you know what I mean? But just me being from Cork, I, I listen to him. He is in defeat, in success. Okay, he's a little bit higher and he's a little bit lower, but he never, he never ever, there's no excuses. Like, do you know what I mean? No, there is excuses. He gets back into the dressing room, he fucks and blinds and, and tells them lads, what do you, but you know, you must be unanimous in defeat and, 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 and victory. So, right. So I, I, I had that in my head from a young age and, and dad, my, my, my dad always instilled that into me. Like, you know, but we'll say on, 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 on the day, I'm just get back to another thing about Lachnan. Why does he hate Cork so much? <laughs> I don't think he does. I, I, we we like you too much, David. That's a, the, we we hear Tejas crowd and we hear the Tipperary crowd. But during Lucknan's career, if you remember, Lucknan was a great player, like a couple of all stars and all that. But Cork, that Cork three in a row team tortured him of Jimmy's team and Charlie McCarthy and Timmy Crowley and all those. They were the team that they won three in a row all Ireland, but they beat a great clear team in two of those monster finals, won by only two points, and that was Lucknan's pinnacle. And like we we never, I think he had a hang up all right about Cork, but we as players really didn't like. We we said the Cork the good old crack, like you know. Yeah. <laughs> every 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 time he gets on the television, he starts ripping the Cork lads. But Maybe anyway, when I was Clare manager, he used to rip me every Monday in the, in the Daily yeah. Star. But then you know, could I meet must... him on, on the Thursday. He could say, "Jesus, Dale, you were very unlucky." You know, I, like, you know? I, I met him. I met him. I met him at his star do, and, and 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 I was Jesus. I was ready to give it to him. Now that I was going to give it to him, do you know what the devil by the first thing he said to me? I was out hunting all day. He said to me, "Lost two bagels." Yeah. I said, "Fucker!" I said, "I never knew you went out hunting." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a gift for that. I, I, I definitely got it off him as well, so it's not just Cork. But David, given your experiences there, right, is there ever a future possibility of we looking at a future Yaw manager or possibly even further? Something that you could offer to a Cork management team or whatever? Because like the whole understanding you have there of professional sport, amateur sports, I think there's something there. And maybe you mightn't have time, but something... Well, oh, Jay's out of time. All right, I'd I, I, I'd I'd love to help him out anyway. I go up up to up to the to the to, to the courts, and I, I I've spoken to him a couple of times. But Asher, look, I I don't know enough about hurling. If you know what I mean, like I'm I'm I I wouldn't be clever enough. Like I think uh, brains will always be brawn anyway in sport. My myself, you know, bear bear in extreme circumstances. Like you know what I mean. But there's fellas out there that understand hurling. The way I couldn't understand it, the way, the way, the way, the way, and it's the same in racing. It's the same in a lot of sports. Do you know what I mean? So, so I, 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 I don't know. I, I wouldn't be clever enough for, for, for to offer advice to, to, to a hurling team. But all I could do is 
you see, it's very hard for a professional to be offering amateurs advice, if you know what I mean. Like, I think that could be better off coming from another amateur, but saying that, like, you know, I, 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 I'd love, I'd love if it, it, I'd have any time in the world to give to, to, to the club here if I, if I could help in any way. And I'd say, Dave, you, you want you want feel until the young lads want to go to the field, and you you all of a sudden you'll be an under twelve selector, and uh, you, that, you'll get stuck into that without knowing it. But I often think the nearest thing to a hurling game that I could imagine would be the Grand National. Like, do you know that so many things happen in the seventy minutes of a hurling match, like a massive game. You know, a little your man will get a point. You might miss a free. How you know? And I, you know, watching again, knowing when we were doing this, watching the Grand Nationals, like with like. The oldest jockey on the smallest horse, and you only heard you were the oldest jockey on the way out, I believe. Like you know, and and, and like the, the knocks and the maybe not meeting the sixth last or the fifth last quite as you'd like, but keeping the mind solid. I think there's a massive thing in that for a hurling team at the top level to keep keep going, yeah, but, stay with the process. Like, yeah, but you see where that starts, Anthony. It's the same as Envoyal, and that doesn't start. That didn't. That doesn't kick in at the fifth last or the sixth last. That kicks in back in the way room. Mm. So when you, it's the same entering the pitch like you. And I'm getting back to 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 Connolly Han. Like he didn't just decide coming out in the second half that he was going to score these things. He decided that back at the start of the game. It just came at that stage of the, of the game for him. So like, but like if you leave the dressing room. To go out on the pitch without going to jump out and get in the rhythm of the game. Like it's all about rhythm. And if you don't jump out to get in the rhythm of of the race, you know, to get into that rhythm that you have decided, whichever way that rhythm is, whether it's a slow one or a fucking fast one, do you know what I mean? Like, so, and you have to judge that rhythm then. So, Okay, like Galway are going to jump out and blitz for the first forty-five minutes, and Clare are constantly playing for the seventy. It's the same with a, with a race or, or a hurling match. You have to hit the gates running, and then once you're in that rhythm, the bumps aren't as steep. You know the bumps yeah. in the road along the way. So we'll say like if you're if you're in the right position throughout the race and the right position throughout a match that will say that unexpected goal or that unexpected mistake, if you're behind where you where you, where you set out to be, then that's drastic. Like then just you know you're gonna to struggle to recover from that. Like do you know what I mean? And but David, if you're, is is there a possibility that you would have ran the race in your head beforehand? Like be like a player playing the match or you just kind of try and block that out. Yeah, more so, more so, more so the first circuit. Right. Or the first five fences. We'll say, I wanted to get to the canal turn and get around it, and I'd often close my eyes and, and imagine. And then when you straighten up to them four or five fences. But We'll say years gone by, I used to say you had to be here, you had to be there, and you had to be there at certain points of the race, right? With Tiger Roll, I just said, down the middle, nice and simple, no, nothing in front of me, as in 
okay, there was horses in front of me, but it, they weren't directly in front of me getting in my way, like, you know, down over the first couple. I had an escape route. If another one fell, I could go left or right, but I had that pre-planned. As I'm going down to the jump, if this horse, I know there's a little bit of room to his right if he falls, or there's a little bit of room to his left if he falls. So then subconsciously, he's in that. But then I go down to Beecher's Brook, and the horse in front of me falls, and Tiger Roll does it automatically. So, you know, he gets me out of trouble as well. Like, do you know what I mean? So, you have to have the the partner that does what you want him to do. Like, are you wanting to for it to happen? It's the same going out. There's much point having a. There's much point having the best centre forward in the country if the midfielder isn't going to take the rough and tumble off him. To give him that little bit of freedom, like, do you know what I mean? Like, so, like, Bill Cooper, you know, a local man here, but like, Jesus, like, yeah, what a fella to have on a team, like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's he does all the dirty work, like, gets no praise for it. how he, he's never been man of the match and has put in. I know I'm a little bit looking at him with with, with tint, rose tinted glasses because he lives down the road from me. Like, but Patrick Horgan, Hoggy, Hoggy gets man of the match because he scores and he is probably deserving man of the match. Like, but whereas I'm looking at Bill, or you know, the same as Shamie, Shamie Hannity is only out the road and 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 doing the dirty work and scoring the dirty scores. Like, do you know what I mean? And you're wondering, like, who who do you need to who do you need to be to be patting on the back here, the lad doing the dirty work or the fella doing getting put the accuracy to put over the, the score, put it in the back of the net like Hoggy on his knees, like do you know what I mean? Like you can't and he says I started getting a small bit of say on men of the match on the Sunday game, you see the likes of Sean Finn might get men of the match. Yeah. Uh you know, I, I, I'm inclined to not just give it to the 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 three six uh, or the one nine corner forward, but like uh, remember Nick English and Pat Fox, like do you know Pat Fox? Oh Jesus, too well. <laughs> yeah, like the, the, Nicky, the stylist, like you know, I love watching him, but you, not many people saw what Fox was doing for him, like do you know what I mean? Like, but but then Nicky had and the same with Hoggy, like you know, he has to do it, like he's there the pressure shots, like do you know what I mean? Whereas. Bill can go in and, 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 and create that hole for them, like, you know, and they, but they don't have the pressure on them to actually put the score over the bear. So what do you applaud? Do you applaud the man that handles the pressure or do you applaud the man that creates the chance? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's... But you need them all. Like, that's the beauty of the game. Like, you need them all. Whereas as a jockey, you need your partner to, 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 to do all them things for you as well. Like, do you know? I think like when we're talking about sports psychology, TJ, and we we talking about like, and David kind of saying he didn't, he didn't, wasn't into it, or maybe Valeria even suggested it wasn't for you. I think by listening to you, we're kind of even getting that you were your own psychologist in so many ways, like about the first five fences. And I'd even say, was like, did it strike you coming down to the last, we'll say in 19, that pleasant company nearly, you know, when you went well clear at the elbow, did that come into your head at all? No. In 19. No, but I knew he was looking at something up the straight and I knew that the line was there and I needed that line to come to me an awful lot quicker than it was coming. Because I knew there was something coming, but I didn't know it was Pleasant Company nor I was going, I didn't want to check. It didn't matter who it was, so there was no point in checking. So, like, as, as of, 
remember as a young lad wanting these stupid things stick in my head but they're relevant as you go along and I used to be out hunting I was always looking behind me to see who was coming behind me like you know and I remember a lady and I don't know who she was and it sticks to me she said if you're a jockey she said don't be looking behind you if you want to find out who's behind you you can read tomorrow's newspaper do you know what I mean like so I You'd, you'd have to focus if ahead the whole time, like oh, I was ahead, and uh, but I knew something was coming, and my flat was just getting tired, and he was just gawking at things rather than bursting out through the bridle to get to the line. Do you know what I mean? So, but that strike out, like we'd say, between two out and and one out in the following year, did that did that go through your mind in any way that? We were nearly caught last year. Yeah. yeah. Should I do something different? Or did you just go up the floor? I, I, I was more prepared for him to stop. I was more prepared for him to look up into the, up into the stands. So, and I wasn't going to let that happen. Do you know what I mean? Whereas the year before, I, 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 we'd, we'd landed at the back of the last and we'd gone blitzed five lengths clear. Like, do you know what I mean? And it was all over. And he was running the whole way to the elbow. And then I needed to get from the elbow to the line an awful lot quicker than I was getting there. I knew I needed to do that. But whereas the second year, um, uh, Paddy Kendi's horse made a slight mistake at the last, and and I knew that you know I'd I'd hit him a flick of the stick, and he was he was running at the line like do you know what I mean. If someone had to pass me the second year, it wouldn't have been anybody's fault. It was just they were going quicker. But I knew the first year he wasn't going as quick as he could have went. Do you know what I mean? And David, that hunger and drive and appetite for success year in, year out, you'll see that Kilkenny were masters at it. But the All-Ireland Championship for the last couple of years for the teams that have won it, it's very hard to retain it. But you guys, or certainly you, certainly have that drive, appetite, and I suppose the hunger and just real, real will to win. Trying to keep that sustained over a period of time is fair one. I, I, again, little things that people say as you go along and you take what you want from them. But someone mentioned in some interview that um, when you get something that you're so long trying to get there, right, and you feel that you've accomplished it, you might think you're after reaching the top of the tri- the top of the mountain. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when you re- do you know when you reach the top of the mountain? You could be absolutely bollocks. Your last step, you'll just get to the top of it. Which is, you don't be half as tired coming down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you've loads of energy coming down. Like, and, you know, it's the same as, as any sport. Like, when you, when you, when you, we'll say, we'll say Cork didn't win an all Ireland this decade, right? First decade ever, right? So we'll just say they go out this year and they win the all Ireland and they think they're after reaching the top of the mountain. But sure, that's not the top of the mountain at all. Like, the top of the mountain is to come back next year and tell everybody that you're as good as the year before, that it wasn't a fluke. Like, do you know what I mean? And then, then that hunger brings on another year and another year and another year. But what you have to do then is, we'll say Kilkenny now got beaten for the five in a row. Like, and the test to them was to come back and win it again. Like, that, was, that was some test, like. Yeah. To, to, to get beat for five in a row, get beaten, and then to come back, like, oh man, that's the that's the real beauty, like, you know, and and it's the same as Limerick, like, and and okay, they didn't win it, but 
to test them like this will test them now but you know and they're a marvellous team like marvelous oh jeez a very marvellous team so you know but for for me you now Cork like to mention hunger putting hunger into Cork there shouldn't be a problem now like if they didn't win a, an Ireland in a decade like if they're not hungry now do you know what I mean like when are they going to be hungry or how are you going to put the hunger into them like there's no psychologist to put the hunger into that like do you know what I mean that's that's every man individual to all time and, and to get back to the fella doing I, 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 I'm always of the opinion that the best 15 hurlers in Cork aren't playing for Cork it's the hungriest it's the it's the it's the fit you know what I mean the fellas that want it the most should be the fellas on the pitch not the fellas that are the best you know just because they have a reputation or something like you know like I've never seen Patrick Horgan hurl better than he hurled with say the, the season gone like for me he was Jesus the hunger he shown was unbelievable you can't you can't put that in a fella has to put that in himself like do you know what I mean yeah brilliant stuff there and, and look um, you're dead right about the way Hoggy's hurling anyway we've We've noticed that very much on this show. And look, I think you nicely summed it up there for us all and, and just massive insight into what it takes to be at the very top of one of the greatest games of all that we, myself and TJ, definitely don't have to sell it to us. We, we're big fans both. Yeah, massive insight into how to get there. And Davey, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Uh, conscious of the time, we're trying to, we're trying to operate now. We're going up to the 5K on the... The walk, and so we're trying to allow lads to get back and over the five yeah. k. So we're going a good bit over the hour. So, Davey, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, and hopefully, I might make, I might get the call up for the hurling for cancer. Uh, one of the years, I, I still plenty of time, TJ. Have I? You say, yeah, you, 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 yeah, you might get your place, right? We fit in corner back or wing back there, didn't he? Yeah, do you remember when we got Lahey in and the hand yeah. of God, mother of God, <laughs> Jesus, what a hand he had. He used to be telling me, no, 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 no. And, and English driving the ball down to him. Every, every poke hole, he drove the ball down top of Lahey and every one he put down. You see, you can't, you can't teach that, like, do you know what I mean? And I'm sure, Anthony, you, uh, your, 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 your place to be safe enough, all right? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Davey, we'll leave it at that. There was a time I might have been able to stop Johnny Lahey. I wouldn't fancy it at the moment. <laughs> was a lot of serious training to be done. But uh, yeah. great, great stuff, lads. And as thanks as always to Larry, uh, we kind of a new system today with a bit of connect, connectivity problem. But uh, hopefully everything is, is loud and clear and we hope you enjoyed uh, this week's episode of uh, we'll have to change the name now slightly to hurling uh, horse racing uh, podcast, lads. So great stuff, lads. And, and keep safe out there and uh, hopefully all, all enjoy everything. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.